Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doralstown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear Sunday's sermon, along with the scripture lesson read by that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all of our diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. Our Old Testament reading this morning is a continuation of the story of Gideon, which is from Judges 7, 1 to 21, which can be found on page 224 of the Old Testament portion of the Pew Bibles. Then Jerobel, that is Gideon, and all the troops who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring at Harod. And the camp of Midian was north of them, below the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, the troops with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their hand. Israel would only take credit away from me, saying, my own hand has delivered me. Now therefore, proclaim this in the hearing of the troops. Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home. Thus Gideon sifted them out, 22,000 returned, and 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, the troops are still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them out for you there. When I say this one shall go with you, he shall go with you. And when I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the troops down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, all those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps, you shall put to one side. All those who kneel down to drink, putting their hands to their mouth, you shall put to the other side. The number of those who lapped was 300, but all the rest of the troops knelt down to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 who lap, I will deliver you and give the Midianites into your hand. Let all the others go to their homes. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel back to their own tents, but retained the 300. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley. That same night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, attack the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you fear to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand will be strengthened to attack the camp. Then he went down with his servant Pura to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. The Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley as thick as locusts, and their camels were without number, countless as the sands on the seashore. When Gideon arrived, there was a man telling a dream to his comrade, and he said, I had a dream, and in it a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell. It turned upside down, and the tent collapsed. And his comrade answered, This is no other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the man of Israel. Into his hand God has given Midian and all the army. When Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, 
he worshiped and he returned to the camp of Israel and said, get up for the Lord has given the army of Midian into your hand. After he divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets into the hands of all of them and empty jars with torches inside the jars, he said to them, look at me and do the same when I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also should blow the trumpets around the whole camp and shout for the Lord and Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. When they had just set the watch and they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hand. So the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars, holding in their left hand the torches and in their right hands the trumpet to blow. And they cried, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place all around the camp and all the men in camp ran. They cried out and fled. This is the word of the Lord. Pray as if it all depends on God. Work as if it all depends on you. Those words are often attributed to Augustine, a fifth century bishop of Hippo, who is recognized as a saint by the Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, and Anglican churches. Others contend that those words actually were first spoken by Ignatius of Loyola, a 16th century priest in Spain who founded the Society of Friends, better known as the Jesuits. Whoever is the author of those two sentences, they proclaim a significant piece about the relationship between God and human beings, pointing to a kind of partnership that has always been present from the beginning, is at work in our lives, and is clearly on display with the two human actors whose accounts we have just heard this day. In our Old Testament reading, we are coming to that place in the story of Gideon when he is finally ready to act. As we have seen over the course of this month, Gideon received an angel with a message that God had chosen him to lead the people to freedom from the Midianites. And Gideon wasn't thrilled with that assignment. He asked for a sign to prove that, in fact, it was God who was bringing the message, and God granted it. So that reluctant judge then went out to assemble an army, and we're told he gathered 32,000 Israelites ready to do battle with the Midianites. Once they were assembled and they were awaiting directive from him, as we saw last week, he decided he really needed two more signs from God to prove that in fact they would be successful in this battle. And his ever patient creator responded precisely in the way that Gideon had requested. Our narrative picks up at that point. In it, we hear of how God goes to Gideon and says, in essence, 
You gather too many people for your troops. If I let things move ahead in this way, Israel will take credit for all that happens and won't think I had any part in it. And so he says to Gideon that he is to reduce his troops with two different steps. First, he is to gather all the men and says, anyone who is fearful can return home. And 22,000 take him up on that offer and go back. That isn't enough for God. As he says, now I want you to take the remaining soldiers down to the water and watch how they drink the water. If they lean over and bring it up with their hands, you're to dismiss them. But if they reach down to the water's edge and lap it, as would a dog, those are the ones you want to take with you. And the end result is now 300 men to do battle with what the Bible later tells us numbers 128,000. It seems like, to my non-military mind, some rather odd ways of picking who is going to be engaged in battle, but God is, in fact, setting the terms, and Gideon accepts them. So then, as we just recounted with the children, he takes the next step. He divides up these 300 men into three different companies, and he gives them trumpets and jars that contain torches, and he tells them that at the signal, he is going to have them begin their battle. But before that, before he reaches this moment of confidence, God had said to Gideon, okay, now it's time for battle, but if you're still afraid, I want you to go down to the edge of the Midianite camp and listen to what they're saying. And so with one of his servants, Gideon goes down and comes right to the edge where he isn't seen, and here's a man who has had a dream and is now interpreting it to mean that in fact the Midianites will be defeated by Israel. And so with that word, Gideon is now emboldened. He comes back, he awakens his men at midnight and says, get up and attack. For the Lord has given Midian into our hands. It is then that he divides them into the three companies. He equips them only with the trumpets and with the torches. And at that command for the Lord and for Gideon, they rush down. And the Midianites are so startled, they flee without even a battle. Now, next week, Becca will conclude the account for us of Gideon's moment in the spotlight, but we stop at this place, really the peak of his time of service as a judge, a time when he has been most faithful and he has seen the results. And it won't last. For quite soon, Gideon will actually fall back on his primary task, namely to keep the people from worshiping these foreign gods. But we stop here in the moment when he has done just what he was told to do time when he realized this partnership between God and between human beings could make all the difference. It wasn't the first or the last time that the Bible describes that kind of joining of efforts, really from the beginning. We have all of these kinds of accounts where God will reach out to some human being with a particular task, and sometimes those people accept on the spot, sometimes they object, And sometimes their responses are all in the middle.
There are other moments when God gives a particular task to a human servant, and the servant will change God's mind, or at least the plan, the nature of what God has in mind. Here we have Gideon, an ever-timid soul, finally ready to act. And so when he does so by sending those men forward with the shout of, for the Lord and for God and for Gideon, it is a sign of progress, but it also contains a risk. One scholar described it in this way. We generally applaud those with feelings of worthlessness like Gideon who discover over time a sense of self-worth and value. But God's concern about Israel's taking all the credit for itself flashes a warning light at the same time. Surely humans contribute to the divine cause. But God knows that humans have a tendency to cross the line, forget God, and take all the credit for themselves. Maintaining a balance between primary reliance on God and an affirmation of human talents and creativity in achieving God's will in the world is difficult, but necessary. In the case of Gideon, we will see that he will begin to cross that line and lose that balance. Gideon's worthwhile self-affirmation will eventually begin to absolve in self-absorption. There's always that risk in this partnership, the human and divine one, and in the other partnerships that mark our days, too. As a true story is told of a time when Hubert Humphrey, 20th century senator from Minnesota, 1968 presidential nominee, someone who was known as the happy warrior because of this public demeanor, that, that I suspect was true in much of his private life as well. But what wasn't really known at the time was that Humphrey was quite harsh on his staff, in particular his speech writers. And so Humphrey tells of a particular day when he has just been scathing in the work of his writers, and they'd had enough. And they decided they were going to do something about it. So just before he walks on a stage for some speech, the writers hand him a copy of the speech at the last minute, so he doesn't have a time to look over it ahead of time. And so he's delivering the speech as he's reading it. And he's going along, he's talking about some great problem in American society, and with his positive spirit, he says, you know, the solution to this is evident to anyone who has given it serious thought, and then he turns the page. And there, in all caps, his writers have said, you're on your own, Hubert. <laughs> and while likely he finished that speech in a more extemporaneous sort of way, I would suspect it was the last time that he either walked onto the stage without reading what he was going to say ahead of time, or maybe even the last time he treated his staff in that way. Gideon, despite all of his human frailty, despite all of his timidity, he was ready, finally, to act in this kind of partnership with God. And what he discovered was 
that when those two join together for the task at hand, all kinds of amazing things can occur. Or as someone centuries later would put it, pray as if it all depends on God. Work as if it all depends on you. Our New Testament reading lifts up that same dynamic amidst a scene that is familiar to us and one that displays a partnership unlike any that has happened prior or since. It describes that time when another angel is sent by God. This one has the name of Gabriel, and he goes to a young woman named Mary, a young woman who is engaged but not yet married, and he opens by saying greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. We believe Mary was a very young woman in that moment, and she was startled as the angel goes on to deliver the message that she had been chosen to bear God's son, that this will be one who will be great, he will be a king, his reign will go forever. Mary says, how can this be? since I am a virgin. Gabriel goes on to explain how, in fact, the Holy Spirit will come upon her and that the child she conceives, in fact, will be God's son. As further confirmation, tells Mary something she doesn't know, namely that her kinswoman, Elizabeth, a woman well, much older than Elizabeth, who uh, Mary, who thought she could never have children, is now pregnant herself and is in her sixth month. And then Gabriel concludes, for nothing will be impossible with God. And it's then that Mary speaks again. It is a beloved part of Scripture. One that we could faithfully ponder and respond to in all kinds of ways. But what is often forgotten in that scene is that Mary had a choice. Mary could have responded to Gabriel and said, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Mary could have said, go back and say, you picked the wrong woman. Mary could have said, I decline. She had that choice. I think back on all the moments that I'm aware of in Scripture when God approached a human being with a particular task, certainly nothing like this. But I don't know of a single moment when God forced the person to accept it. There were times when God dealt with resistance and had to convince the person. But never do I know of a moment when God made the human being agree to the task. And that's where Gabriel was in delivering this word. Presbyterian minister and Frederick Buechner, in his own imagination, pictures what it might have been going through Gabriel's mind after delivering the message. She said this. She struck the angel as hardly old enough to have a child at all, let alone this child. But he'd been entrusted with a message to give her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named, and who he was to be, and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. 
You mustn't be afraid, Mary, he said. As he said it, he only hoped she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings, he himself was trembling with fear to think that the whole future of creation hung now on the answer of a girl. We know how she responded. Let it be with me, servant of the Lord, according to your word. And with that answer created this partnership that changed her life and our lives too. None of us is being asked to bear the child of God. Only few of us have ever been asked to lead a military effort too. And yet, God continues to stir. God continues to call. God continues to move in our lives And even if we don't have these audible kinds of conversation with the Almighty, there are moments when we must respond. And there are these times when we, on our own, recognize problems in this world or in a key relationship of our own journey and wonder what we should do next. And it is in those moments, too, that some ancestor in the faith says, pray as if it all depends on God and work as if it all depends on you. And when we take that step, to then wait and see what happens next. Let us pray. How humbling it is, O God, that you choose to work through such frail vessels as us. Lead us by your Spirit. Open our ears. Help us recognize those times when a new partnership awaits. And as people of faith, Give us the strength to claim that moment and move forward in the way that you intend. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.